So let me ask you a question. If you're the Dark Prince, am I inversely the Prince? I mean, sure. So then who's the P.E.K.K.A. for, like, P.E.K.K.A. Double Prince? Supercell. Stop it now. <laughs> At castroyalpodcast.com slash discord. 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 What's a discord? That was a four-cost cod that... That was a four-cost... <laughs> four-cost cod. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's some cheap fish. <laughs> to Cast Royale, the Clash Royale podcast for casual players. I'm Rob. And I'm Joe. And this week, we discuss new challenges, balance changes, and the ever-changing meta. Bada bada, boom. Boom. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Stitcher, CLNSmedia.com, or wherever you get your podcasts, we hope you enjoy the show. Episode 56. Let's Go, baby. We're here. We're ready to rock and roll. We got a jam-packed show for everybody. So strap in because it's going to be fun. Put your podcast buckles on and let's enjoy the ride. Do you own a pair of podcast buckles? Well, you know, now that you mention it, you know, it doesn't really make any sense at all. It but doesn't make I was sense. trying to go with the theme of like, we're taking people on for the ride with us. You oh, know I, I mean? get it. I followed you. You've got to be safe. You can't just like, you can't just get in, the, you can't get on the podcast vehicle without proper precautionary measures. You know what I mean? Right. No, I agree with you. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please keep your hands and feet inside the vehicle at all times. Thank you and enjoy the ride. That was amazing. <laughs> I feel like I'm crying right now and it's only been three minutes into the show. Oh man. Yeah. Well. I mean, if you don't count all of the times that we messed up before we started the recording, sure, it has been three minutes. Boom. Boom. So, how was your week in the arena? Week's been okay. Um, I'm still playing the Mortar Mauler. I am currently sitting at around 4,500 trophies. Nice. And dude, I don't know. I feel, like, I feel like I still see the Mortar used so much, but like for me, it's just not working nearly as well as it used to. And... I don't know if I'm in my own boat there. Like, I don't know if I'm like isolated on an island, but the nerfs to the mortar over the past couple of balance changes, plus the variety of buffs that other cards have gotten, I just feel have made me have a very, very rough time in the ladder. But it's just frustrating for me because like I can't use any other deck in the ladder because no other deck that I use can have high enough card levels to play in the ladder at the trophy level that I'm at. You know what I mean? Right. So what I've been resorting to is classic challenges because I'm not so great at grand challenges and classic challenges are just a lot more fun to play and I don't have to worry about trophy death spiraling. So boom. Well, that's a really fair point. And no, I don't think that you're necessarily alone. Um, I find that it's becoming increasingly more difficult to deal with certain decks, decks that I typically have been able to fare really well against. Uh, like, I've been seeing... What have I been seeing a lot of? I've been seeing a lot of giant decks, like a yep. ton of giant decks. And then also 
Lava Loon decks. Now, Lava Loon decks, I, I didn't necessarily handle all too well, but I feel like my win rate against them was a little bit higher previous to all of these changes. I don't know, man. I just feel like I just feel like this meta is turning into Golem, Lava Hound, Giant. Peace. Peace. No, you're right, dude. Now, we'll get into the meta check, you know, in, in, in a little bit later. It's just it's good to see the meta change. It just absolutely stinks when the only deck that you can use in the ladder because you've invested, you know, over a year of requesting cards for it just becomes much less viable. Um, I just wish that I would have chose to level up something else like a log bait deck or something. You know what I mean? It's just those things are always powerful in the meta, no matter what meta you're in. And you could still use it on the ladder. So that, that's my issue right now. But I'm still having fun playing because I just move away from the ladder and I just play like 2v2s or I play classic challenges just because that kind of keeps me going. Yeah, that's a pretty good idea. I should probably start playing classic challenges a little bit more. I don't really touch them. Yeah, I mean, they're only 10 gems, dude. Like, you know, it, it's it's you still face some really good players in there. Like not everyone wants to grind out cards in grand challenges because they don't want to spend money on gems, right? So if you can still face really good players in the classic challenges and work on your fundamentals you can try new decks and not have to worry about maxed out cards because everything's capped at the level cap so why not take advantage of you know just trying out a new deck without having to worry about losing trophies in the ladder yeah it's a fair point i just i don't know about you man but my pockets are not too deep on gems so i think that if i want to use my gems for anything it's going to be for special event challenges which is what i typically tend to use my gems on to begin with because i don't have many yeah, no, I, I, I totally understand. I, and that's why, like, I don't play the grand challenges because those are 100 gems. But I only play the grand challenges when I'm recording YouTube videos because those are the ones that people like to see on YouTube. So I kind of, like, play for fun on classic challenges and then record videos with grand challenges. True. Speaking of recording YouTube videos, you just recorded one, did you not? Dude, yeah. So we're going to talk through the balance changes. But, man, we finally... <laughs> Finally got a chance to talk to our boy Colton Wall, and we went through the balance changes that you and I are going to talk through in just a little bit, but from the perspective of a pro, dude, the way that he thought about these changes was just like mind-blowing to me. Like we talk all the time about like how, you know, we're just casual players and we live vicariously through like the pros. Mm -hmm. Dude, the things that he was thinking about as to like why this nerf is okay, but he would have taken a different approach or why this is the right answer because if you would have done these other things this is why it wouldn't have worked i would like ask the question dude and i would just like kind of like just sit back and listen and just be like oh my gosh you're right wow i never <laughs> thought of that this is amazing <laughs> so, i wish i knew so much about the game seriously like, i wish i could think like you is kind of like what i was saying the entire time but it was a pleasure having him um on the episode we had a great time super super nice guy and just really really insightful and just so great to collaborate with. And if you want to check out Colton's YouTube channel, you can go to youtube.com slash Colton W83. That's C-O-L-T-O-N-W-83. And we will put his link to his YouTube in the show notes, so be sure to check that out. And we will also include the link to our YouTube video where we collabed with him in the show notes. So if you want to check it out and see all of his insight on the balance changes, be sure to click it and give it a watch. Boom. Boom. But dude, how was your week in the arena? Uh, not too bad, actually. I'm currently sitting around 4,400 trophies. Uh, and, you know, I think we kind of talked a little bit about it before how 
I'm also kind of struggling, but I find that I'm struggling more against specific types of decks than just struggling in general. So, you know, every time I go into a match, I'm just like, watch, give me another giant, give me another golem, give me another giant, give me another golem. And dude, I, I wish I was making it up, but if you looked at the last maybe eight or ten matches, every one of them has a golem, a giant, or a lava hound. Every one of them. And I don't know what, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what happened to the, uh, you know, if you lose three matches, you get matched up with someone that is also losing three matches. And I just don't feel like that. I feel like they're matching me up with people that are just going to rock my socks off in a bad way. Destroy, Rob. <laughs> That's pretty much how I feel. I just, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm, uh, I'm being a little too negative and I feel like the beginning of the show was very positive. So I'm going to keep it that way. So I did want to tell you that I got a graveyard. From a crown chest. Nice. Mm-hmm. So is that level two? Now, what, what level is it? It's currently level one. I can make it level two, but this would have been uh, the third graveyard that I got. So nothing was really preventing me from putting it at level two to begin with. <laughs> just, I just, you know, like we say, we don't really upgrade our cards because we're trying to save all our gold for the double M, man. Yeah, no, but that's a really awesome pickup if you ever need to level it up or you want to use it in the ladder or whatever. That's a really good pickup. But did anything else happen to you this week? Uh, yeah. I hit my new personal best. Dude, what'd you hit? 48-16. Boom, dude. You have no idea. I went, dude, I was like, I don't know, I want to make sure that I could do basic math here. I feel like I was maybe 47-80-something. That's probably right. I was probably like 47, 80 something. I went into the clan and I was like, guys, I can't play. I can't do it. I'm one away. I'm going to lose and I'm going to be so mad at myself. And they were all like, Rob, 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 you got to go do it. You got to do it. Just try it. Five of us are already up here. Do it. You need to join the club. And I was like, oh man, I don't know. I don't know. Hands were sweaty, man. Heart was beating so fast. I went in. And I don't know what came over me. I don't feel like I just like locked in or was in any kind of zone. I just felt like after a minute and a half of being in the game, I looked around the arena and I was like, oh man, this could actually happen. This could really happen. I'm going to do it. I did it. <laughs> Boom. It was, it was ridiculous. I was so excited. Now, to be fair, it's not really like a tier type of thing, right? So like 48 isn't really like, Something that puts you in the next category, like Challenger, but uh, I've never made it to 4,800, so it was a huge accomplishment for me, and I felt pretty good. As you should, dude. That's an amazing accomplishment. I find that in Clash Royale, it's not so much like a game of, you know, hitting 4,900 trophies or hitting 46 or hitting 52, right? Like the the mile markers that you're talking about, Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, it's just growing right? And hitting your own mile markers. Because if you've never hit 4,800 before, that was your personal ceiling, right? And every time you'd get even remotely close to it, you'd start to get nervous. You start to get, you know, your hands get sweaty. You're kind of tensed up in every match. And you're like, oh my gosh, I'm getting matched up against the worst matches. And you just make mistakes. So you were able to hit it. And now next time you would have already been there. So now you don't have to worry about it so much. And now you can just push to 4,900. I'm super happy for you, man. Thanks, man. I, uh, I I hope I continue to rise, but but you never know considering what they keep on changing in this game. But I do want to point out that I made it to that 
with the bats instead of the skeletons, and I upgraded them to level 12. So I feel like it was pretty worth it, in my opinion. I totally agree. I'm still using the bats too, and I find them to be much more effective than what they have been previously. And a lot more versatile than skeletons because RIP, Larry. Rip. Too soon. Too soon. You got a special place in our hearts, Larry. Hope you're doing all right down there. (laughs) Drinking some tea. Eating some crumpets. Oh, man. Our English skeleton. I can't. Larry. Larry. Larry would be rolling over in his grave if he knew what was going on in the meta, let me tell you. Oh, you're not kidding, man. You are absolutely not kidding. You'd be like, what kind of shenanigans are going on here? <laughs> I, I left for a couple weeks. <laughs> left for a couple weeks. Now we've got golems everywhere. We've got magical archers. What's this stuff? <sighs> in case nobody could tell, Joe and I are very slap happy because we are recording a little bit later than normal. So excuse us while we have a little fun while we record. Boom. Boom. So, we had a couple of challenges this week. Yeah, we did. The sudden death challenge. Dude, I absolutely love this challenge. You want to know what I like about this challenge? I love the fact that it's super quick and the games don't really take all that long, right? Right. You want to know what I hate about this challenge? The overabundance of hog and or balloon freeze decks. Please, I know. Tell me about it. But this challenge is a lot of fun because like the mechanics are like obviously the mechanics the game mechanics are totally the same but the way that you have to approach every game is totally different than you would ever have to play in any other matchup right um you can't really like slow play pushes and develop them in the back because it's the first tower win so if someone takes advantage of your quote-unquote build up and they just rush you chances of you defending are you know almost nothing yeah that's a good point um and I, I actually really like this challenge, too. I don't know if you remember a couple of episodes ago where we first, I think, talked about the sudden death challenge and I had no idea what was going on. I didn't even realize that that's really what was uh, it was all about getting the first tower down and then the game was over. Now that I understand what was happening, I had a great time. <laughs> I bet. Well, that, once I knew the rules, it was a lot of fun. Exactly. Um, so, I mean. I don't know. I just felt like I needed to go hard or go home with uh, with this challenge. And you bet I brought the Mortar Mauler to the challenge. And I, I did pretty well in the beginning, but I, I mean, I didn't win because I think I'd remember if I won. So I must not have gotten very far. Well, that's okay. At least you tried. But dude, I took in, I took in a 2.2 average elixir cost minor mirror poison deck. What? This thing was a cycle, cycle, cycle city deck. I don't even know how, I don't even know how to describe it. I would use the miner and then use the mirror on the miner and have two miners and then a poison attacking the tower. And then I would just cycle an ice spirit, spear goblins, and bats and a log until I could repeat that situation. <laughs> that sounds like uh, ninja star quality. Dude, total ninja star quality. I, I felt bad for my opponent just because like it must have really annoyed them because every time that they wanted to develop a push, they had to defend two miners attacking their tower. But then they would just get poisoned and die. <laughs> right. Very, very, uh, very casual death right there. <laughs> very slow and casual, <laughs> painful death. Right. Um, so yeah, needless to say, we like the challenge. Uh, but we also got a pretty sweet tiered challenge known as the lunar new year challenge 
So I really enjoyed this one, but you want to tell everyone what it was like? Uh, sure. So it's three separate tiers. You need to finish the first one in order to get to the second one, finish the second one in order to get to the third one. All of them offer a free entry, which I thought was phenomenal. Um, the first stage, although sometimes was written as phase one with an F, which was funny, uh, stage one, it was all about getting 10 crowns, which I thought was brilliant. If you lost, it didn't matter. And plus, it was on a free entry. So if you lost, there was no paying to join again. So it was just free until you beat it. Right. It was just like, they're basically giving you, you know what it's like? It's like, you know, when you, when you were younger and you used to put like a dollar into like one of those like candy machines and it was like, play until you win. Right. That was literally what it was like. Right. This is, this is, uh, this is a participation trophy and I appreciate those. Yeah, no, I love those because I can't always win regular trophies. So the participation ones are, are a nice little pat on the back, you know? Right. Uh, so how'd you do? So, I mean, that being said, I did wind up winning this challenge. So I got through. <laughs> of course, of got, course you did. I got through stage one. Um, I got through stage two on my first try. Stage three, I lost my first free attempt. And then I spent the 100 gems to play again because I thought that the one-time rewards were really cool mm -hmm. in a magical chest and then a legendary chest. Plus, if you won, you wound up getting the regular chest from the challenge anyway, right? So I just thought it was worth it. I wouldn't have tried a third time if I would have lost, but fortunately, I wound up winning and I was super excited. That's awesome, man. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, I made it through to the third stage. Um... I obviously only tried the one time. I can't remember how many games I actually won, but I, I think once I won one or two or three or however many I won, I just got three losses in a row because that seems to be the trend with me with these type of special event challenges. But I will call out that I think that this is one of the only, if not the only challenge that we were offered a legendary chest after nine wins. Usually we get legendary chests as a reward after 12 wins. So I thought that this was like a kind of a big departure from what they normally do. Yeah, I can't recall whether there's been a time where nine wins was a legendary chest, but if it does, it, you know, it doesn't happen often, right? Right. Um, but what I loved about this challenge was just the fact that not only were there three tiers, but each tier had a different elixir mode, right? Like the first tier, stage one, was just normal elixir gameplay. The second stage was double elixir mode. Mm -hmm. The third stage was a ramp up challenge style play where it was one times elixir for the first minute, two times elixir for the second minute, three times elixir for the third minute into overtime. So I just thought that it was just like a fresh way to play because not every stage would have the same decks being played in it because as you got further and further through the stages, heavier and heavier decks could be played. So you're not playing one consistent meta throughout the entire thing. It's constantly fresh. Yeah, that's true. That's probably why I didn't do very well, because obviously I would only take one deck in there. Um, Watermaller! Yeah, well, represent. Uh, but whatever, at least you won, so that's pretty good. Good news for Cast Royale over here. Boom. Tonight we're sponsored by Stamps.com. 
Joe, these days you can get just about anything online and on demand. Did you know that you could even get postage on demand with Stamps.com? Well, you can. With Stamps.com, you can print real U.S. postage for any letter on any package right from your home or office. All available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week when it's convenient for you. It's so easy to use too. Just click, print, mail, and you're done. Stamps.com is such a no-brainer. Stamps.com will save you so much time. You can access all the services of the post office right from your desk. It's never been easier to send out your letters and packages. That's right, man. And here at Casa Real, as many of our emailers know, we are super busy. So we rely on Stamps.com to print out shipping labels so that we can send our prizes and all of our mail out and it couldn't be easier. We've even worked out a special offer with Stamps.com for our listeners that includes a four-week trial plus postage and a digital scale without a long-term commitment. So go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in CAST. That's Stamps.com, click the microphone, and enter CAST. C-A-S-T. Thanks a lot to Stamps.com for sponsoring our show. So that's it for the challenges. We got a surprise set of balance changes. Three weeks after previous balance changes. This is the quickest turnaround of a second round of balance changes that has ever happened in this game. And man, can I tell you, I loved them. All of them? There's no way you loved all of them. Not all of them, but I just like I I just really like the fact that it was that it occurred so quickly. I just feel like the biggest complaint that people have about balance changes is there's two of them. One, that they don't truly do the job they're supposed to do. And two, they don't happen as often as they should. And it creates a very stale meta. At least this way, they're making small tweaks and it allows the meta to change, which means if the meta is changing, the game is not stale. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, so you want to you want to jump right in? Let's do it. Let's jump right in the way the Mega Knight jumps in because, oh, oh the Mega Knight had his spawn and jump damage decreased by a whomping 25%, and his deployment radius was reduced so he will not hit things on the other side of the bridge when he drops on the map. What do you think about this one? Man, there was a lot to this one. I mean, it seems like two simple changes, right? But 25% damage on spawn and jump is a lot, right? Like, that is, that's a quarter of the damage on spawn and on impact and he probably i mean let's just use averages i have absolutely no support to back this up but he probably jumps between i'd say average around two times right like he he probably jumps around two times once he's Mm -hmm. dropped down on the map so that's a huge difference right the land plus two jumps is almost 50 percent of his total damage i mean that's a lot right and i mean i think he he deserved a nerf like he was getting really really overused and he his win rate was just through the roof but to me i don't know if he needed all of this right like i think he needed a nerf but this might seem like a a bit much don't get me wrong i i i think i've seen him a lot less in the meta since he's been nerfed and i think i like that but my problem was that they previously nerfed the archetypes that were causing him to be used so much like he was previously being used in Royal Ghost decks that were, you know, very heavy with zap bait type things, right? Which was causing him to be used so much. But with all of those other nerfs and some of these other nerfs that we're going to talk about in a little bit, it's kind of like he's getting hit multiple times with, in multiple ways. And I just feel like I, I don't want him to become unviable, you know? 
Yeah. Um, because he's such a versatile card, and when he's played in the meta, it it impacts the meta, and that's how he he should be impactful, just not overpowered. You know what I mean? He should be impactful like his slam. Boom. But his slam is now underpowered. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm actually surprised with this one. I, I like the change. I think that you are correct, uh, that he definitely needed a nerf, but I'm not 100% sure that I agree with it being 25%, considering all the reasons that you mentioned previously. Um, so what about the next one? So we have the skeleton barrel have its skeleton count decreased from eight to six. So I really like this one. A lot of people don't like the fact that, you know, the skeleton count was reduced. They thought that what should happen is either that the death damage should be removed from this card or that the just damage the skeletons do would be reduced. Mm -hmm. Here's my problem with both of those. If you reduce the health of the barrel, the barrel won't make it to the tower before it deploys. Right now, if the tower is attacking the barrel and only the tower is attacking the barrel, the barrel will make it to the, the tower and burst just before it gets there. So it's almost like it's airmailing it to the tower, right? Right. Special delivery. Right. If you, if you remove health, it won't even make it to the tower. The whole point of the card is to get to the tower. So if right. it can't get to the tower, it's useless. That's number one. Number two is if you remove the, the death damage, it becomes totally not playable because then bats and minions will be able to counter this way too easily and there won't be any negative effects for those cards right so when this thing didn't have death damage it was not played at all because it was kind of not playable by reducing the skeleton count from eight to six you're reducing in effect its overall damage by a total of 25 percent, which is a lot Mm -hmm. that's overall damage um and and i think that this is exactly what the card needed to not be super powerful do you think that eight to six was the right way to go and not eight to seven. I mean, we went, we went with Larry, right? And that went from four to three. Why not eight to seven? I did think that they were going to only remove one, but removing two, like maybe they removed one and it didn't change anything when they were playtesting it. So mm. they just said, you know what? Why do one when we're going to do another one later anyway? They probably just did both now. I'd be surprised. I'd be very surprised if in three weeks they increased it to seven because they were like, ah, this was too much. I think instead it's going to be like, nah, this was the right move. Yeah, you're probably right. I'd have to agree with that. All right, so let's go on to the next one. This one is easily, easily the most controversial (laughs) balance change of them all, and it is to the knight. His hit points were reduced by 6%. No one saw this coming. No one understood it. But it got to the point where so many questions were asked that Clash Royale actually posted a rationale response for it on Reddit. Did you get a chance to read it? I did. And I, I, I do agree. I just, I, again, man, I just this card and the deck that we play, I just, I feel attacked. I, just, I, can't I feel help like it. I'm being attacked. Yeah, man. And I, I know that that's not the case. I know that they really do look at all this data and they do play test at all this stuff. but man, don't touch my knight. Like he's, he's the best little tank out there. The one thing that I don't agree with is they want other troops to kind of fill this void that people are going to stop using the knight as much because their argument is that he's still being used quite a lot. You just couldn't really tell because more people were using the mega knight, right? If I read that correctly. Yeah, no, I think that's right. Like the me- it was like the mega knight meta, right? Like all of those cards that were just being used so much that it just like kind of shadowed what he was actually being used at. Right. So their logic is if they reduce it a little bit, 
it will stop being used as much, but you know, it'll still be useful uh, because he's still a knight. But they kind of say that they think that maybe the mini P.E.K.K.A. can jump in its place and other cards of that nature. But I don't know, man. I just feel like they all serve very different purposes. And I'm not personally going to throw out a mini P.E.K.K.A. instead of a knight. Well, I think right now you won't because that's the meta, right? But what they were saying is that they felt that the meta was in a much more balanced place and a much more versatile place when the knight, the mini P.E.K.K.A., things like the Lumberjack or the Valkyrie could, could be used interchangeably, serving similar roles but having slightly different purposes. True, that's a very fair point, and I'd agree with you, but the mini P.E.K.K.A., and what was the other card that you mentioned? Like the Lumberjack or the Valkyrie. Okay, all of those cards are rares or higher, which are much harder to level up compared to a common. And I get that, but you're again talking only from a perspective of a free-to-play player, right? Like, the, the meta has to be for everyone, not just free-to-play, not, right? Like, at the end of the day, they say that the meta is more balanced and is more interchangeable when these other cards are used more interchangeably. And I, I get that. The, the problem, like you say, <laughs> is that they are much harder to level up and use in a ladder-type format. But... They are able to be used on the challenge realm, which is tourney capped and doesn't have to be leveled up that high, and anyone can play, right? Right. But that being said, I still don't like it. <laughs> well, yeah, of course. Now, that for three costs, right, you're going to use a knight, which has now only about 300 more HP than an ice golem does at tourney cap levels. Mm-hmm. And... The Ice Golem actually kills bats, but still serves a similar tank purpose, but is two costs, cycles faster, and can do the same job, right? Um, like, the whole point of the knight is to be a tank, not to deal damage. People use it to deal damage because it does pretty decent damage, but the point of it is to be a mini tank. <laughs> and by right. removing health from a mini tank, you're effectively removing its purpose. Not in full, but it just becomes less of a less of an option when you can use the ice golem. It's more versatile. I agree. All right, so let's move on to the next one. The Inferno Dragon now switches between targets slightly slower. We don't really know how much slower, but just slower. What are your thoughts? So um, I actually like this change a lot. Uh, I do feel like did they ever touch this before? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny. They previously changed it so that it was increased speed when switching between targets so now it's kind of like reverting that back so i wonder because they don't tell us how much faster or slower these changes are happening i wonder if it's slower like slow enough to bring it back down to where it originally was or if it's past that or not past that you know what i mean like we have no idea how slow this is compared to any other time that this thing has been changed so i mean i think the inferno dragon is a nasty card in the best way it's a fantastic Compliment to giants, golems, pekkas, pretty much anything that you can put in front of this thing that acts as a guard. Um, but I do feel like when you're facing against it and it now takes a little bit slower to target onto something, you're going to find that very useful. So from my perspective, it is a good change. Yep. No, I would totally agree. So speaking of big guards or maybe a little female guard, how about the Valkyrie? So she had her hit speed increased from 1.5 seconds 
to 1.4 seconds. So she now attacks a little bit quicker. Yeah, so I think that this is exactly what this cart needed. I, I think it's already tanky enough. The Valkyrie to me is just a little bit bland because it moves a little bit slow across the map. But um, I, I think on defense, this is exactly what it needs, right? It, it lands on the map, kills things faster now, and moves on to the counter push, which makes it a little bit more of a threat. And also, the swarmy type decks that have just been dominating the meta recently are now combated a little bit more <laughs> if people start using the Valkyrie. My only problem with this change is that I haven't actually seen it being used much in the meta. The Valkyrie's cool, but I just haven't seen it actually catch fire yet and be used in any sort of meta-type deck at the top of the ladder. So I'm hopeful that this card will one day become more prominent, but it seemed like the last time that this card was actually prominent, man, was when the Trifecta decks were really prominent, yeah. and, the, and there was no Ice Golem, and, and the shield for the Hog push was the Valkyrie. Right. I remember that. The good old days. The good old days. The days of old, when, <laughs> when the number one legendary card in the world was the Ice... Ice Wizard. The days of the Trifecta and Pekka Double Prince. Oh, man. I'm, like, happy <laughs> that that's not the case anymore, but, like, a part of me is like, that was not a bad meta. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, that's true. I, I probably would take that over a lot of the other metas that we've had. Totally agree. All right, let's move on to the next one. So the next one was to the Bandit. So the minimum dash range was reduced from 4 to 3.5. So in theory... It dashes to things that are now slightly closer to it. What are your thoughts? So that's why the bandit has become more annoying when I play against it. Yeah, man. I mean, with, with the, you know, point, 0.5 tiles seems like nothing, right? But if you put a mortar at the bridge and you put a bandit at the other side of the bridge now, it'll dash across. Whereas previously, yep. it would have to kind of like walk around. <laughs> yeah, so clearly, I personally, for my own investment, do not like this change, but I do think that this card maybe needed this change. Um, I feel like even though it has one of the arguably coolest features of any legendary, I do feel like it was still kind of struggling to find its place in the arena, and it is being used, don't get me wrong, and it is still very strong, but I feel like this change from 4 to 3.5 just gives it like that extra oomph that it may have needed in certain clutch situations, which I think you called out one of them, which is against a mortar. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. At the end of the day, this it was being used, but just like you said, I think perfectly said it, it's struggling to find its use in the arena. And um, I think this change will help. I do think it probably needs a little bit more of a buff to truly be viable because I think there's just better options in the meta, and we'll get to that in a bit. But uh, it's, a, it's a step in the right direction for sure. Agreed. Uh, so the last one goes to the Dark Prince, who had his hit speed increased from 1.4 seconds to 1.3 seconds. So he attacks a little bit quicker and also had his hit points increased by 5%. Thoughts? Absolutely, positively love it. Why? I don't know, man. I just feel like the Dark whenever the Dark Prince is meta, the meta is good. That's a good point. I just feel like any time that the Dark Prince has been included in the meta, the meta was at its most versatile part of wherever it was. Um. When we were talking with Colton about balance changes, he was saying that any card that adds versatility, versatile cards are better for the game because versatile cards have multiple uses 
mm-hmm. and versatile cards are just more exciting to play and watch. Right. And also, if you mess up defending against them, they're just more impactful on the game. Like a little Valkyrie, who only has one purpose, defense usually, is not really versatile. And that's why she's kind of boring to watch and boring to play. But these other cards, like Dark Prince, are just so much better. So when they come out of the come out of the dark, they rise to the light, <laughs> and you play them. It's just so much better. Am I wrong? No, man. The Dark Prince rises once again. The Dark Prince rises, and I'm sorry, man. Like I'm I'm getting a little bit excited here, but it's I love this card so much, and I've seen it now played so much in the meta, and I can't wait to talk about it in the meta check. See, now, guys and gals, Joe loves the Hog Rider, but I think he truly relates and can picture himself being the Dark Prince. I think that's, I think that's where Joe's mind goes when he sees this card. He loves this card so much. Just drop it down on the map. All of a sudden, like, this really cool noise happens. It's like a song is playing in my head. And then, right, like, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it's like that cool Arabian music. Yeah, exactly. And then all of a sudden, he's just, like, charging across the map. And then just... A, we kills everything. It's pretty cool. So those are the balance changes. I'm going to go with an A-. minus, Solid A-. minus. The only one that I truly disagreed with was the knight, and then I understood it. So I was going to go B+, but I went with A- minus because I like their rationale. Better than what I thought it was before I knew what it was. <laughs> I agree. Um, so I think I'm going to give it also an A-. minus. Boom. I'd have to agree with you almost on everything that you just said. That's why we're brothers, man. We think alike sometimes. That's what we do. Hey, Joe. Hey, Rob. You know what time it is? Oh, I know exactly what time it is. But do you really? Because this has nothing to do with a watch. So if you're looking at your watch, you won't know what time it is. I would never look at my watch when you ask me this question. It's time for Boom It or Move It. Boom It or Move It. So we are going to take this puppy for a little bit of a spin this time. Yeah, we are. So this time around, this boom it or move it section is actually going to be fully 110,000% dedicated to the new card coming out, the Magic Archer. Because this guy is now preparing for the arena, and in the tooltip, it says, not quite a wizard, nor an archer. He shoots a magic arrow that passes through and damages all enemies in its path. It's not a trick. It's magic. All right, so let's talk through this card, and let's talk through each aspect of it, whether we boom it, which means we like it, we move it, which means we don't like it, and we explain why. You ready? I'm ready. I'm excited for this quick one. Point number one. This card is a legendary. Boom it or move it. I didn't think it was going to be that quick. We're in, dude. All right, I'm in. So I'm going to have to say... Boom it. Yeah? Yeah, and I, 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 I'm kind of excited that there's another legendary in the game. I don't know if everybody would agree with me, but this makes for 15 legendaries in the game. So, I don't know. I feel like legendary is probably like the weakest link in terms of how many cards there are in the game. This is a nice addition. Well, I get that, but some would argue that that should be the case. That legendary should be the least amount of cards in the game because they're legendary and harder to get. This one, I agree with the type of card that it should be a legendary because of the different kit that it has, but is legendary the card to be released now? I don't know. 
I feel like there's almost as many legendaries as there are epics. And at that point, why? That being said, legendaries have so much versatility. And like we said before, versatile cards add so much more excitement to this game. So I hear what you're saying, but I do see both sides of it. So are you moving it officially? I will not officially move it. I, I do boom it, but I do see both sides. All right, fair. You ready for number two? Oh, I'm ready. So the Magic Archer has an attack range of seven tiles, but his projectile goes 11 tiles. Boom it or move it. So I think I'm going to boom this one, but this one's crazy, dude. Yeah. Let me just put this into perspective for you. He will attack every second when his target is seven tiles away, but that arrow will pass through the first seven tiles and damage everything in its path. And oh, by the way, travel four tiles past its target to attack those things as well. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, let me put that into perspective. Did you think that the princess previously had a really long range? Well, yeah, originally, yeah. I mean, that's what, 12? Hmm. No, man. It was nine. So what? this thing actually can hit things further than the princess can. Uh-oh. But it takes more, I guess, effort to hit it because you've got to attack something closer to hit things further back. Yeah, that's a good point. Doesn't the uh, doesn't the dark goblin shoot from six tiles away? The dark goblin actually attacks from 6.5 tiles away. So this thing would actually attack the dark goblin before the dark goblin attacked it. That's got to be a title of a song somewhere on the planet. <laughs> right? I don't know. It, was, it sounded like a tongue twister, but it came out right. So I think, right? I think so. Good talk. All right, so point number three. The magic archer targets both ground and air. So unlike the bowler, he doesn't just attack ground. He's kind of like the executioner, right? But he just doesn't have a boomerang effect. Right. Boom it or move it. Uh, so originally I was going to say move it because I think that his projectile shenanigans makes this a ridiculous card. But I also feel like he's an archer. So I'm going to boom it. And I definitely feel like it's just in line with the type of card he actually is. So I really feel like that was the right way to go. Totally agree. Are you ready for number four? I've never been more ready for any boom it or move it ever. Go. This is probably going to be your, your, your favorite one ever. So number four, the magic archer dies to a fireball. Boom it or move it. Move it. No hesitation. Absolutely positively move it. Now, don't get me wrong. We used to say that any four-cost card that dies to a fireball is just completely irrelevant. For example, if a musketeer dies to a fireball, irrelevant. If the electro wizard dies to a fireball, it's totally useless. The only card that was previously any good in the meta that was a four-cost card that died to a fireball was the crying machine, which actually became very good in the meta. I do think that this guy's range is going to allow him to die to a fireball and not be so bad, but... I don't know, man. It just leaves a super bad taste in my mouth. Like if, if, if I can play a fireball for four cost and kill a four cost card and do damage to a tower or any other troop, it's a no brainer. It's an automatic. It is an instant spell use. Now, that being said, that could be a good thing, right? Because you could use him in a fireball bait deck where mm -hmm. you bait out a fireball with him and then use like a three musketeer deck or something like that. You know, you never know. I just don't, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. 
Yeah, that's true. Well, maybe this card is only supposed to be out for like a couple of seconds because he does a lot of damage across, like we said, 11 tiles, right? So maybe the point is to let him do one or two good hits and then fireball man, done. Yeah, no, you're right. Like at the end of the day, if, if this guy is left on the map, way too much value. He is absolutely dominating the arena. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, you ready for the last one? Born ready. The width of the arrow's area damage is unknown. Boom it or move it? Move. I couldn't agree more, but let me hear why. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I feel like you already understand me being my brother. Like, you know how I feel about not knowing things for this game. When they don't give stats, when they don't give numbers, percentages, how much they decrease, increase. I feel like the, the area of this guy's arrow beam type of thing, like, man, you need to know that. And I don't think it's fair to have players wait to use the card to understand how wide that arrow actually hits. You see, I agree with you 100%. Like, I would love to know. But that being said, like, I don't know what the bowler's boulder radius is. I don't know what the executioner axe radius is. So this is similar to that, right? Um, I also don't know if I know what the princess's projectile radius is right at the end mm. of the day i don't know any of that so would this be any different probably not but would i like to know it absolutely i would love to know yeah well i never said i like the fact that i don't know those cards numbers so <laughs> i i i would put this in line with that like you said uh but i still move it my opinion still stands and it still means nothing as before boom boom that was cool that's the first time we ever did a boom it or move it all about a card. And this one had so many different intricacies that it was just perfect. We kind of like just talked about the card too. It was almost as if we did a card spotlight. It was almost as if we did that, but didn't quite do it. <laughs> right, because it's boom it or move it. Boom. Tonight we are sponsored by Simple Contacts. Rob, I have to tell you about my newest time-saving trick. I got my contact lens prescription renewed from my couch yesterday, and it took under five minutes using an awesome new app called Simple Contacts. With Simple Contacts, you can renew your prescription and reorder brands of lenses from anywhere in just minutes through an online vision test. It's designed by doctors, and every test is reviewed by a doctor, so they're literally bringing the doctor's office to your home. And remember, this isn't a replacement for your periodic full eye health exam. The contact lens prices are unbeatable. The vision test is only $20 and the shipping is free. That's awesome, man. And best of all, our listeners get $30 off their first simple contacts order with promo code ROYALE. Try it for yourself and save $30 on your lenses by going to simplecontacts.com slash royale or entering our code royale at checkout. Again, that's simplecontacts.com slash royale or just enter the code royale at checkout. That's royale, R-O-Y-A-L-E. Thanks a lot to Simple Contacts for sponsoring our show. That was fun, but let's move on to our meta check. Meta check. And this meta check, as always, comes to us from our boy, our buddy, Sir Devin, bringing us a fantastic meta check about everything that's been going on in the arena the last couple of weeks. So, Joe, what does Devin have to say? That's right, man. So the numbers speak for themselves. We spoke about the balance changes before and what we thought 
and what we saw. So these are the numbers that we're seeing at the tippy top of the ladder. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. The first section is called Ice Ice Baby. Rob, out of nowhere, the ice golem explodes with a 56% showing this week. Tied for the lead with nothing other than the zap. Part of this can be credited to the uptick in hog cycle decks because as we talked about before, this is used as a meat shield for the hog rider. But the bigger change is in the reduction of the knight. With his latest nerf at 6%, the ice golem is just being used so much more because as we said before, it is a much more versatile card. So the numbers are panning out exactly like we thought they would. Are you thinking about ditching the knight? Because the Frosty Golem Jr. might be your answer. Boom. Boom. Frosty Golem Jr. I like it. It's my boy Devin right there. What up, baby? <laughs> Let's go. Love it. All right, next up, the Dark Knight Returns. The Dark Prince continues to fight his way out of obscurity with a 32% showing this week. His highest total by far. And it's not double Prince decks either, as Prince was only showing at around 8% for the week. As of right now, if we were to take all of the meta checks we've ever, ever done, the prints would obviously have been used more. But we are expecting that to quickly change over the next couple of weeks, as the Dark Prince's recent buff is expected to help it dominate the meta. Nice. Next section. Can I sing this? Can I sing the title? Absolutely. I came in like the fireball. <laughs> You sound just like Miley Cyrus, actually. I feel just as bad about myself, too. Well, I mean, if so facto, I came in like a fireball. In a blaze of glory, fireball returns to the meta, matching its toxic counterpart, the poison. You see what I did there? I see it. I feel it. With a 28% showing this week. This is its highest total in quite some time. Devin says that he's a huge fan of the fireball. It's been a long staple in each of his decks, and you pair that with the fact that the upcoming Magic Archer is going to die to a Fireball at equal cost, can guarantee you're probably gonna be seeing this card used a lot more often. I would probably agree with you. Next section, no Larry, no problem. I feel like you need to say it like you're in the Caribbean. No Larry, no problem. No Larry, no problem. <laughs> is that better? Perfect. Rising from the depths, the skeletons are fighting their way back to a 26% showing over the last two weeks. Once a top used card by the pros, the skeletons have fallen into a bomb tower territory after losing their pal, our buddy, Larry, to a vicious nerf and was just six feet under and can't find his way back out. These guys are somewhat being used in the meta once again and we're excited to see if they continue to be used moving forward. So what else does Devin have to say? Last, but certainly not least, the Elixir Fixer. Ooh, intriguing. After a couple of months of collecting dust, the Elixir Pump is back in the top decks with a showing of 32% last week and 36% this week, showing a steady increase in use rates. By far, this is the number one used building in the game currently. The only building that competes to this is the Expo at the top of the ladder which really doesn't count because it's a win condition, whereas the Elixir Pump is more of a resource card. Do you got a beatdown deck and need a hand? Look no further than the giant tube of pink that allows you to collect extra resources. Bada bada, boom. 
Smell that? Smell what? Do you smell it? What what, what? what? What am I smelling? I smell a Nerf coming. Oh, <laughs> got him. Oh, I got him. Uh, that was a great meta check. Thank you so much, as always, to Devin. We really appreciate him putting in all the work, all the time, tallying all those numbers. If you want to check out any of those numbers, we will be sure to attach the spreadsheet in the show notes so you can take a look at the numbers. If you're a little geeky like us, you can pay attention to what's going on in the meta. Boom. Boom. We got a lot of chests. How many you got? What do you got? Dude, I've got a clan chest, a crown chest, and three, count them, count them, count them, three big dogs. I love how you had to count on one hand. <laughs> how, many, how many chests you had? Got to emphasize. No one can see me right now, but I'm emphasizing what's going on, you know? That's true. I have a clan, a crown, and one big dog. You see, that's cool, but it kind of stinks because one, you don't have as many to open, but two, that means I probably have to go first. <laughs> More than likely, you are going first. It's your favorite part of the show when you get to go first during a chest opening. Little brother never leaves. This is sacrilege, but I'm doing it for the I'm doing it for the podcast, Rob. For the community. All right, we doing crown or clan first? Uh, let's do the clan. Clan first. All right, here we go. Ten of ten. Sixteen hundred and twenty gold. 17 Spear Goblins. Nerf those cards. Nerf them. 65 Tesla Towers, which is pretty cool because I'm currently trying to work on my Expo deck, which uses the Tesla, so that'd be pretty neat to level up. 69 Goblin Gang. Nah. It's all right. 89 Bats. Mortar Mauler, baby. hey 13 Dark Goblins. Nah. You got three Goblin cards. Yeah, I've gotten all but one total goblin card. If I get a goblin hut, I'm gonna be pretty upset. I don't know if I'll be happy. Is that like a is that an accomplishment if you get all four goblin cards in one chest? It's it's good for one reason, bad for others. Right, well. Some would say. Mm-hmm. Fourteen musketeers. Nice. And three baby dragons. Not too shabby, babby. Get it? Shabby babby, baby dragons. Oh, I get what it. I did there? Shabby baby? Eh. Anyway doesn't work as well i guess <laughs> you're up all right so my clan are you ready let's do it 1620 gold as always 36 barbarians perfect timing for a dark prince buff <laughs> 38 bats mortar muller ooh ooh 67 cannons nah, i don't know that's eh. If they ever bring touchdown back more than once a year, then yeah, this would be great. Agreed. Uh-oh. I got an epic already. Oh no, that's good, that's good. I know. Wait, one guards. <laughs> one guards. Well that means you've got at least two more coming, so. Right. Here we go. 99 minion horde. Eh, okay. I'll take it. Uh, see, this is what happens when we complain about things. Two freeze spells. Yep. The, there's your other two epics. Right. And the last card is certainly not a legendary. Actually couldn't be further from one. The Inferno Tower coming in with 27 cards. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a bland chest. Pretty bland. Because 
We wanted a flan chest, right? Because we like flan now. I guess, yeah. Is it flan or flan? Flan, the guy from Florida. He said he makes really good flan. You don't remember? Oh, yeah. Right, right, right. No, I remember. The guy from Florida makes the flan. <laughs> Florida, he's getting making the flan. <laughs> I need good flan in my life. All right, next up, I've got my crown chest. Here we go. 687 gold. Three gems. hey -o. 20 minions. Nice. 26 goblin gang. Again. Again. 33 ice spirits, mortar mauler, baby. That's good. And nine battle rams, which have become faintly irrelevant recently. Hmm. Yeah. Unless you pair it with three musketeers and a freeze, maybe. Nightmare. Big old nightmare. Yeah. Um, so my turn, right? Ground chest? You're up. Here we go. 632 gold. Two gems. I'll take it. 17 zaps. 60 ice spirits. Nice. Mortar mauler, yeah. baby. Nine furnaces. The bane of my existence. And one baby dragon. Not too shabby, babby. <laughs> I was waiting for you to do it. I feel like I got a chest that was extremely similar to your chest. Probably was. Mm-hmm. All right, am I up? Uh, no, you're down. Uh... You don't know what to do. All right. First, Big Dog is a regular magical chest. Ooh. That's your first one? That's my first one. Here we go. 1,320 gold. Wow. Eight Tesla Towers. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. Eleven Knights. Recently nerfed. Pretty upsetting. <laughs> Two Goblin Huts. <gasps> you got it. <laughs> I've got all... I've got every single Goblin. You need a Goblin. Give me a call, because I, I know a Goblin or two. I don't know if I said this card yet, but 39 Bombers. You didn't say it, because I think I'd remember the guy with the blue hat. Dude, this is getting ridiculous. 44 goblin gangs. Hmm. 24 giants. A shocker. Of course. Of course. Four rage spells. So this was absolutely, positively, couldn't be more appropriate to be called a tragical jest. Yeah. Not a fan. That was blah. Very blah. Not a fan. Mm-hmm. Do you have two big dogs after that? Yeah, I've got two more. Should I do one more? You should do one more. All right. Next is another magical chest that I am currently opening from my quest. Oh, yeah. I almost had a, uh, another one, but I didn't make it in time. Well, that'll happen. So save it for next time. Ready? <laughs> yeah, and have my game locked up for a week. 1,320 gold. Nice. Three ice spirits. Three? I mean, that's great that you got them, but three? three's kind of irrelevant. 19 knights. Dude. Someone somewhere know. is telling you something. I don't know what's going on here. Three They're furnaces. I'm just going to quit mm. out of this game. 20. Can I? I don't even want to open the rest of these cards. <laughs> 27 elite barbarians. Ew. 52 skeleton barrels that just got nerfed. 
24 zappies, which nobody uses, and four bowlers. Maybe that'll get buffed one day. <laughs> I just opened two tragical chests in a row. What are the chances yeah. of that? Yeah, uh, pretty high, apparently. <laughs> I don't know. Not so magical chests. Yeah, they're not, that was... I'm a little upset now. Don't be upset. Mine will be pretty bad, too. You ready? <laughs> At least they'll be bad together. Yeah. Um. So I have a giant chest. Let's do it. 924 gold. Nice. I still think these chests here have a little bit more gold, but whatever. I won't complain. 18 bats. Okay. Ooh. Ooh. Well, I guess it depends on your playstyle. One clone spell. Yeah, I would uh, I would have had the exact same reaction as you. Mm-hmm. Ah, oh, my heart. 227 Larry's. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Larry! Now I kind of wish I was using the other Mortar Mauler version. I was going to say, right? This He's coming back into the meta and you're using him now. You're going to give me 227 bats? Anyway, last card. 62 Elixir Fixers. Elixir Fixers. <laughs> so, not a bad giant chest. No, that wasn't so bad. It's actually a giant success. Nice. Mm-hmm. I'm full of punny statements. Last chest, you ready? Uh, I don't know. It depends what it is. <laughs> Legendary chest. Get out of here again. Legendary chest, man. You ready? It's happening. It's happening right now. Here we go. Here we go. We need a drum roll. It's opening. Spinning, 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 spinning. The miner. Dude, I can now get this thing to level three. Dude, a level three miner is ridiculously tanky, man. Super tanky, super versatile. I love this card, and I can't wait to use it in the in the ladder. And the cool thing is, is that I can actually use level three legendaries in the ladder because I currently use a level three log. So what's the difference? I can use a level three miner and use that in the ladder now. So that'd be cool. Valid point. That was fun. A lot of fun. Tonight, we are sponsored by SeatGeek. Rob, buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated and confusing, but there's a better way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to buy tickets for every type of live event. Whether you're searching for a last-minute deal, planning a night out, or need to find the perfect gift, SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There's nothing quite like seeing your favorite team or musician in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. That's right, and like I said last time, I actually have the SeatGeek app on my phone, and it's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. I can literally be anywhere, and with just a few taps, I can instantly find seats to whatever I'm looking for. And I actually used SeatGeek to purchase tickets to go see Avenged Sevenfold, and it was by far the easiest way to purchase tickets. It was quick, it was easy, and it was painless. The best way to purchase tickets. Couldn't agree more, but best of all, our listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app, and enter the promo code CAST today. That's promo code CAST, C-A-S-T, for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Thanks a lot to SeatGeek for sponsoring our show. Let's move on to our... Deck Spotlight. Deck Spotlight. And this deck is called Category 5 because it will rock you like a hurricane. 
and it's an average elixir cost deck of 4.1 that contains the golem, the dark prince, the baby dragon, the guards, the log, mega minion, rocket, and the tornado. So Joe, tell us how to rock the arena. Dude, so this deck is a powerhouse. We called it Category 5, and it is absolutely no joke. This deck includes, like we said before, the Dark Prince, which was recently buffed, as well as the Golem, which we said was super tanky and super good in the current meta. The one interesting thing about this deck is that while it is a powerhouse beatdown style deck, it does not feature the pump. And while it's 4.1 elixir cost, you don't get the same elixir generation that you would out of a normal golem beatdown style deck. But that's okay, because the reason it's so expensive is one, because of the golem, but two, because of the rocket. And the rocket won't be played all that much within any given match. The purpose of the rocket is to kill pumps, is to kill things that are grouped up like three musketeers, or if your opponent groups way too many troops down in one place, you can always tornado rocket, which is a huge, huge commitment on elixir for nine costs, but does tremendous damage to multiple troops if you can get them into the radius. Right. Normal push with this deck is to drop the golem in the back, followed by the dark prince. Once those two cards are down, all you really have to do is wait. You don't want to throw your Mega Minion down too early because you want to use that card to target a specific card on your opponent's side of the map or use the Mega Minion on defense because it's one of the best defensive troops in this deck. Once all of your troops are on the opposite side of the arena, you're going to want to use the Tornado to pull all of your opponent's troops together. Now the placement on the Tornado is super, super important because you want to pull everything together on top of your golem and here's why it's a triple threat because your golem eventually is tanking right and your golem is eventually going to die when your golem dies it does area effect splash damage and destroys at least some of whatever's there oh and by the way they're also being area of splash damaged by the tornado itself as well as the baby dragon and the dark prince that we just talked about so you've got four AoE type damages being done to a very large group of troops now in a small area. The tornado's doing it, the golem dies and kills them, and then the baby dragon and the dark prince do more damage on top of that. It is a power house. Now that being said, like I said before, the mega minion is the number one defensive troop in this deck, but the guards are not to be forgotten. The guards are super good in the current meta because hog riders are used so much and guards are a great counter to that because they will not die to a fireball and require a fireball log combination to be taken care of nice so uh when we play this deck are there specific deck archetypes that uh we should maybe watch out for so there's two right off the bat one of them which will always give you problems the other one seems annoying at first but is definitely able to be overcome so the first one that's always going to be annoying and always going to be tough to beat is a typical log or spell bait deck mm, yep. with the princess the tornado the log the inferno tower inferno dragon whatever you want to call it the problem with this deck is that it doesn't have a stun it doesn't have a zap it doesn't have a lightning so if you're 
if your opponent has any sort of Inferno anything, it's going to be a really tough matchup for you. What you're going to wind up having to do is use the guards to block for the golem before the Inferno Tower can lock onto your golem. Or you're going to be forced to use a rocket on the Inferno Tower to kill it. Neither of those two options are good. <laughs> right. So this is going to be a very difficult deck for you guys to beat, but it is definitely able to be overcome if you don't focus so much on one lane. If you split lanes, it makes it very hard for your opponent to get value with the Tornado Princess combo, and you can overcome it. The problem is when you overcommit on one lane, your golem dies anyway, and then you just have no push to develop. So what's archetype number two? Archetype number two is your typical and our favorite, our most loving deck, the Lava Loons. <laughs> Ooh, yep. So Lava Loons are going to seem like a really annoying and really frustrating deck to play with this deck. You only have, in theory, two things that can kill air. You've got the Baby Dragon, and you've got the Mega Minion. If you place the Mega Minion in an appropriate spot, and or you place the Baby Dragon in an appropriate spot, it'll force the Balloon to travel around and take longer to get to the tower. But if you use the Tornado well with the Baby Dragon, you can get great area of effect damage onto the Balloon, while making the Balloon take much, much longer to get to the tower, and hopefully kill it before it gets there. That being said, all else fails. You can always just rocket the balloon. <laughs> you right. lose one elixir. It's still alive a little bit. But like I said, with the combination of either a Mega Minion or a Tornado or a Baby Dragon, yeah, you're going to lose a little bit of an elixir trade. But at the end of the day, you're going to develop some sort of a counter push as well. So this deck can work against it. Just don't get frustrated by it too soon. Just figure out the best way to use it and how to play the cards and eventually you'll be able to overcome that deck archetype for sure yeah and i'm a mortar player so i 100 percent understand the uh notion of rocketing a balloon totally agree and one last point with this deck a lot of times with beatdown style decks you'll try and generate an elixir advantage first and then once you have it you'll just kind of keep throwing more and more and more down right mm -hmm. this deck doesn't have that so you will never be able to just play a golem at the river along with like a mega minion and just hope it works because good chances you will not have enough elixir to actually generate a push um so just try to play this deck with big pushes in the back and try and use quick pushes with the dark prince and things like that boom and be sure to check out the link in the show notes so you can easily copy the deck into your game so you don't have to uh you know rearrange your cards while we're talking boom mm-hmm so we actually don't have any reviews this week uh, because the service that we're using is, I think, having a hiccup with our podcast. So we're working with them to see if we can get that figured out. So hopefully we can get the reviews back in the show. But we did get a new patron. Yeah, we did. Please welcome Brian Van Buskirk to the Patreon family. Brian, thank you so, so much for supporting what we do, taking your hard-earned money to support what we do so that we can continue to provide fresh, new, fun, and friendly content to our community. We wouldn't be able to do it without you, and words can't describe what it means to us. And that's it, man. 56, done. Signed, sealed, delivered. Out the door. Sent to the listeners. It's over. That's it. Game over. Done. Drop the mic. Walk away. Bada bada boom. Swift roundhouse kick to the face. Let's go. I don't even know what I just said, but I just said it. So much energy for like 12 o'clock in the morning. I don't get it.
12 o'clock in the morning, baby. We just finished an episode. I'm ready for another one. You ready for another one? I'm I'm ready for next week's other one. I don't want, I don't want to do another one. I want to go to bed. <laughs> I'm tired. Right. But if you want to do another one, go right ahead. I'll let you do a whole podcast all on your own. I'll take a week off. All right. Hello, and welcome to Cast Royale, the Clash Royale podcast. No, 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 not, not yet, not now. Do it later. Um, Got it. So, <laughs> if you would like to join our clan, you can do so by joining our Discord at castroyalepodcast.com slash Discord, uh, because every time we have an open spot, Saturday night into Sunday when we do our refresh, we usually always tell our Discord people first. Usually always, because that makes sense. Always usually, man. <laughs> Right. Anyway, if you'd like to reach out to us on Twitter, you can do so by using the handle at Podcast Royale. And don't send us any more emails this week because we're still far behind. But if you do want to do so because you just want to say you love us, please send it to feedback at castrailpodcast.com. Also, be sure to check out our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash castrailpodcast. We need more subscribers. Subscribers. Yeah. And a special thank you to clnsmedia.com for hosting our show on their website. You can always check the most recent episode up on their website. Plus, discover new podcasts. Boom. Boom. And thanks so much to our three sponsors tonight, SeatGeek, Simple Contacts, and Stamps.com. And we will see you next week for another hodgepodge of everything. Hodgepodge of everything. Boom. Boom. Bye. Bye.